1: The following program was pre recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education.
0: We don't need no thought control.
2: Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the Classroom, Save the Country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom
3: and co-host Mark Durkin.
1: Hey, teacher, leave them in and welcome to Education America, where we are taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us every Saturday night here on AM 1280 The Patriot at 6 o'clock. K-12 education is the playing field, and as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, so rightly stated, he said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I'm Mark Durkin, and I'm joined by my co-host and founder of Liberty Classical Academy, once again, Rebecca Heckstrom. Yes,
2: good evening. Nice to see you again, Mark.
1: Nice to see you as well. Mm-hmm. We are in April now.
2: Yep, very nice. And we're very excited to talk about this uh, topic that we have on
1: tonight. Absolutely. In mm-hmm. fact, America's institutions in this day are constantly using words like tolerance and understanding and equality and specific phrases such as racial equity and gender identity and critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Such
2: whole new word- vocabulary. Yes, a whole new one.
1: <laughs> and we're going to get into that a little mm-hmm, bit tonight. Mm-hmm. Such words and concepts are presented today. They're carrying specific meanings. But are these meanings intended to deliver what they appear to promise to deliver? Today we're reminded of former political prisoner Alexander Sosenheachin, who warned more than a quarter century ago when he stated that we are approaching a major turning point in world history in the history of civilization. It is a juncture at which settled concepts suddenly become hazy, lose their precise contours, at which our familiar and commonly used words lose their meaning. They become empty shells and methods which have been reliable for many centuries that no longer work.
2: Hmm. Isn't it amazing how... True, those words are, and that he said those a quarter century ago.
1: Absolutely accurate. Um, but
2: he was dealing—he was dealing in a completely different culture than what we were in the U.S. at the time. Um, right. Dealing with a communist culture, and so he could see uh, what was happening. So our guest tonight is with the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism, a, non- a non-partisan national grassroots organization that is dedicated to advancing civil rights and liberties for all Americans. Um, the woman that we are going to be interviewing tonight is Lori Warren, who serves as managing director and networks and community engagement for the Fair Twin Cities chapter. She joins us in studio tonight to help shed some light on how this organization is advancing for individuals who are threatened or persecuted for speech or who are held to a different set of rules for language or conduct based on their skin color, ancestry, or other immutable characteristics. Lori, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Education America.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm yes. so delighted to be here. Good.
2: And just as a little side note, Lori and I have gotten to know each other through Zoom calls for about the last year almost, yes, not almost. quite, <laughs> almost a year. And this is the first time we've actually met in person. So it was just a pleasure to be able to see each other face to face in the studio. So yes. thank you for making the drive in. Yes.
3: And thank you, Rebecca, for helping us with the initiatives that you have oh. with our um, in our, the education area with, with FAIR.
2: Happy to do it. Yeah. It's a great organization. I've been sold on it from the moment I read about it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, the dominating discussion across America today is this insistence from America's institutions, including colleges and universities, and also extending through businesses and government and the media, even our children's K-12 through schools, seeking to identify persons on characteristics such as skin color and gender and sexual orientation your organization states that these immutable characteristics only pit Americans against one another. Share with our listeners how collectivist identities damage the notion of what it means to be human.
3: Well, let's first talk about what it means to be human. Okay. And um, at at FAIR, um, we use the term pro-human. Mm-hmm. We are pro-human. And what that means what that means to me is that um, we celebrate our individual identities while also embracing our common humanity.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And, you know, I think that, um, this whole move towards collectivist identities, what it is, is it's, it's an ultimate exercise in stereotyping people. Right. Yeah, exactly it flattens right. people to be mm-hmm. no more than what their group identity is. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, have never seen something like that have a good outcome.
2: Right. Um, mm-hmm.
3: You know, and I also think that um, when we focus so heavily on our collectivist identities, Mm -hmm. that really creates this kind of us them mentality that is feeding into this whole sort of um, tribalism Mm -hmm. that we're seeing in our world Mm -hmm. today.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is, like you say, I've never seen that ever land at a good outcome either. And uh, I think it's really important to note that, um, that these, these are not things that lead to positive change in the culture. Um, it emphasizes the negative.
1: And it, you, know, you stress common humanity, too. Yeah. And when I heard you say those words, the first thing that came to my thought is, as human beings, we're not as different as we may think we are. That mm-hmm. a lot of these labels try to project mm-hmm. us to be. Yes, we all have different stories and experiences. But we all feel a lot of the same things mm-hmm. as well.
2: Yeah. Thus, your pro-human label, yep. yeah, which yeah. is really important. That all humanity is important, mm-hmm. and um, regardless of what your view is as to where humans came from, whether that be that you have a religious component or not, the fact that we are all human is so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, fair. Um, the aunt, the the acronym, excuse me, for Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism, is a national organization, as we mentioned earlier. And we'll get to what FAIR means locally in just a moment. But Lori, can you describe for our listeners who and what FAIR is nationally, and then what it seeks to recapture, and why the organization is so important?
3: I think it's really important to start with our mission. And and, and you stated what our mission is. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to say it again yes, because I do. think I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Fair is a nonpartisan mm-hmm. organization dedicated to advancing civil rights and liberties for all Americans and mm-hmm. promoting a culture based on fairness understanding, and humanity. Mm -hmm. So we are truly a mission-driven organization. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And what we hope to recapture includes our individual liberties, Mm -hmm. um, respectful disagreement, Mm -hmm. um, civil discourse. (laughs) We need that so badly. (laughs) And appreciation for the objective truth. And tolerance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is so important because we seem to be losing that Mm. in our country. One of our board of advisors members is Daryl Davis, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if you are familiar with his work. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a musician and an author, and um, and uh, does quite a bit of advocacy work. But what he is really known for um, now, Daryl is black, mm-hmm. and what he is really known for is reaching out to members of the of, of the KKK. Really? Wow. Yes, and he has. Um, he um, he starts by sitting down and listening to them. Hmm. He'll interesting, sit, he'll isn't sit it? Sit down with with, um, with a member of the KKK, and he will say, "So you hate me? Mm-hmm. I want to understand why." And he starts out by listening. Wow. And he has befriended many people. Mm. Um from the kkk he has um mentored them and they have given up their robes
2: wow Wow. isn't
3: that powerful it is quite extraordinary yes and i think that if daryl can do that then any of us can sit down and have a respectful conversation Mm -hmm. with someone we might disagree with Mm -hmm. um and so Daryl and his work really represents to me what our organization is about Mm. and why the work that we're doing in this bridging the divide space Mm. is so very, very important. Oh,
2: yeah. Well said. My goodness, I can't believe I haven't heard of him before. This is a really, really incredible, powerful message Mm -hmm. for such a time as this. You know, It's just almost unheard of. Like you say, tolerance is not really going. it, It has not been acted upon the way we think of the true word and the meaning of the word tolerance. Um, Tolerance has really just gone in a very one-way direction recently. And Mm -hmm. in a
1: day and age, too, when everybody wants to be heard, the power of listening, when that's brought in, seems to do more in terms of bridging some of those gaps because the person feels valued when they're Mm -hmm. listened to Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. an agenda. Mm -hmm. Sounds like, you know, as Mr. Davis has just given himself to listen it's amazing to see just how those relationships have been repaired.
3: Exactly. And that's something that he'll tell you. He'll tell you that people, um, he's traveled all over the world, and he will tell yeah. you that the thing he knows about all, all people is that we want to be heard, and mm-hmm. we want to be respected, and we want to be valued.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very powerful.
3: Those are pro-human characteristics. Those are pro-human mm-hmm. values, Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: So we'll we'll, uh, we'll turn uh, locally here. We talked a little bit nationally about FAIR. The Minnesota Twin Cities FAIR chapter, it launched last year, June of 2021. You know, what is FAIR Twin Cities? Take our listeners through the circumstances really surrounding the establishment of Minnesota's chapter last year. And why did you decide to get involved in the organization?
3: Well, um, I'll actually back up a little bit sure. um, before that. So I actually work for FAIR National. And I started with um, – I started out – so our organization is a little over a year old. Yeah, it's very <laughs> we're, young. We're very young. You've accomplished a lot <laughs> for such a young organization. We've done a lot. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but um, if anyone is, um, I guess – an old timer with the organization. Um, I would be, um, I would be one of those people. I started when we were just kind of a handful of volunteers coming together around a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually got in, got involved. Um, well, my family and I moved to Minnesota, um, two years ago, right in the midst of the wake of the George Floyd incident. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing for the first time um, at that time, um, people starting to use the term white supremacy Mm -hmm. very casually. Um, They were just tossing it around to describe a lot of different things Mm -hmm. like math, <laughs> right. or like the scientific uh, method, yes. or um, <laughs> being mm-hmm. on time, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. And I thought that was so strange. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand what that was about, mm-hmm. and so I just started reading and researching, and um, I came across some other really important thinkers like John McCorder and Glenn Lowry, like Daryl Davis, mm-hmm. Barry Weiss, and others. Mm-hmm. Um, and long story short, I was led to um, the beginnings of this organization, our the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism, and those mm-hmm. people I mentioned are all advisors for for our organization. Okay. Mm-hmm um and so that's how i originally got involved and um my my role quickly um uh uh grew um such that i started setting up chapters across the country okay. um and so Living in the Twin Cities as I do, yeah. um, I, I one of the first chapters I wanted to set up was um, was uh, was a Twin Cities chapter, right. and that's how I met Jeff Campbell, who is our um, our, our chapter leader, mm-hmm. and he has done an extraordinary job of just um, organizing people and processes and just that whole. Process of creating something truly from the ground up, mm-hmm. um, and Jeff and Dan Garcia and Tanya Simons and Scott Jenkins, and we have just an extraordinary leadership team here um, here with Fair Twin Cities, and it's really such a pleasure to um, to be involved with the chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that I, um, I'm i excited to be able to be a volunteer with my chapter um, while also working full-time with the organization. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Twin Cities, as you pointed
2: out, you moved right around the time of George Floyd, is a little bit kind of ground zero for a lot of these concepts. So we mm-hmm. have a lot that we're seeing here in the schools across the, across the Twin Cities as well as the businesses. So mm-hmm. um, I think a chapter here is very apropos, yeah,
1: Very yeah. timely. Yeah, yeah very Perfect timely. Perfect timing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, Lori, one of the crucial advocacy points the FAIR website mentions is advocating for individuals who are threatened or persecuted for speech or who are held to a different set of rules for language or conduct based on their skin color, ancestry, or other immutable characteristics. So let's focus on speech and different sets of rules for language As FAIR works to defend civil liberties, what are some of the key words and concepts that you feel have been hijacked and how are they being used today in an agenda um, that isn't really what it seems?
3: Well, I think there are terms certainly that have been um, hijacked by this um, illiberal movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of FAIR's goals is to reclaim the language. Yes. But let's just talk about some of those terms that have been hijacked. Mm-hmm. And what comes to mind for me um, includes the terms diversity, mm-hmm. equity, and inclusion. Yep. And we're hearing that a lot these days. Mm-hmm. So, how in how the how they're being used illiberally? Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what diversity has sort of come to mean isn't diversity at all. Right. It's really more conformity of thought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, equity is being used to refer to equal outcomes mm. or um, equal distribution along the lines of immutable characteristics. Mm -hmm. Um, Inclusion um, doesn't seem to mean inclusion at all. What it really seems to mean is excluding anyone who doesn't adhere to a certain set of ideas. That's right. Now, Mm -hmm. what you'll also hear um, when people talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, is disruption and dismantling mm-hmm. of systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those adherents to the current usage of diversity, equity, and inclusion also seem to be focused on dismantling and disrupting so-called systems of oppression. Yeah. So what <sighs> are the- The white supremacy. Right. <laughs> well, exactly. And, mm-hmm. But I mean, let's really mm-hmm. look at what, what What those systems are. Right. Um, defund the police. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. Other systems would be the nuclear family. Yep. Um, Western education.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, mm-hmm. Capitalism. Yep. Um, scientific method. The, mm-hmm. the scientific mm-hmm. method. The exactly. timing of the founding
1: mm-hmm. of America, the motivation mm-hmm. of the founding of the nation. Precisely.
3: Yeah. yeah. But FAIR has really set out to reclaim those words, and we offer – one of the programs that we offer is called FAIR Diversity, and that's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Training. Now, people are often very taken aback when I say that.
2: Yes, because they think it's the opposite. Wait a Mm -hmm. minute.
3: (laughs) We thought you guys weren't about that. Yeah. But listen – Diversity is a good word, right? And let's think about what it really means—the original intent. What it should mean: mm-hmm. diversity of ideas, diversity of experience. Mm-hmm. Of course, diversity of cultures, and uh, yeah. and, um, and and sure, diversity of skin color. Of course, let's right. celebrate those differences. Correct. That is truly diversity, and that's mm-hmm. something to be celebrated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Equity. If you go back and you look at in your dictionary from college, mm-hmm. and I actually encourage people to hang on to their act to their paper dictionaries, yes, yep. yes, um, because the change. language does right. seem to mm-hmm. be changing. But when you look at the definition of equity, it means um, fair and just and without bias. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and when uh, and when you think about what inclusion really means, it's mm-hmm. that we're all part of this human race, yes. and we should all be included and valued. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about what inclusion really truly means, it doesn't mean excluding someone because of wrong think. Right, right. So Farah yeah. set out to reclaim those terms yeah. and to champion them, and we will not give up the English language. Yes, which I think is one of,
2: that, that is one of the greatest things that attracted me to the organization in the mm-hmm. first place. Because as you've pointed out, these words have come to actually mean the opposite of what they're real, of, of, the, of their real original intention, uh, or the real original meaning. And so to have things so upside down, we have to reclaim the language. And, but you're right, it does cause confusion sometimes. I mean, even the name of the organization, sometimes people assume that you are in favor of the current definition of these terms, when in actuality, you are also reclaiming the words in your title, you know, intolerance and racism. We are, you are defining those in the real way. And um, it's so, so important that people understand that difference.
1: As the organization here in the Twin Cities has been established now for a little less than a year, as you're looking back over its progression and the work that's been done, what specifically is FAIR Twin Cities Standing up against.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we are the foundation against intolerance and racism, and um, and and that is good, and we should be against those things. Mm-hmm. But actually, with Fair um, and Fair Twin Cities, we like to focus on the things that we are for,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and um, we are for tolerance, and we are for civil discourse. Mm-hmm. We are for good and workable solutions. We are for fairness, understanding, and humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really actually like to focus on what we stand for mm-hmm. um, more than what we stand against.
2: Yeah, that is really great. One thing I'm just kind of curious about, this is a little bit of a side note. but how many how many local you've got the main local chapter, but aren't mm-hmm. there also sub chapters within? or is that is that not the way the organization works
3: we do have several sub chapters okay, that have um, that have joined us we also have a um a chapter a Minnesota chapter in Mankato and a okay. uh, and a Minnesota chapter that is soon to be forming um, up in Duluth, um, okay. and so we um, we are seeing growth not only in the Twin Cities but across Minnesota. Yeah,
2: so good that you have one in some of the more major metropolitan areas of the Twin of of the state of Minnesota. I think that's mm-hmm. really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, Brown versus the Board of Education is the corner t- cornerstone SCOTUS case that really ushered in the civil rights movement in this country. And the spirit of the civil rights movement was perfectly captured by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, in which he spoke of having a world in which his children would, quote-unquote, one day live in a nation where they would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Describe for our listeners why the need is urgent to reaffirm and advance the core principles of the original civil rights movement.
3: Well, you know... I think that, I think that for a while people were becoming sort of complacent about our freedoms, mm-hmm. and I think that um, recently it's been a real wake up call for me personally that our freedoms are not a given. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have been really shocked and taken aback by this whole um, movement towards um, intolerance where um, the sharing of ideas doesn't necessarily seem to be welcome. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when people used to say, I don't agree with you, but I will defend your right Um, for you to say it yes Yes. people Mm -hmm. don't seem to be saying that anymore Mm -hmm. and i find that deeply concerning yeah um i also think that you know our american ideals are special Mm -hmm. Um, we are unique um when you look historically many many cultures and governments most in fact have been quite um have been quite authoritarian Mm -hmm. and tribal America was a grand experiment and right. we're not perfect, but we have done so many good things. And I think our American ideals are worth defending. Mm-hmm. They're special. And, um, uh, and I, you know, um, that's, that 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 means something, and that is what mm-hmm. motivates me. Yeah, um, to get up and go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, when you look back at our founding and the principles, it's led to the freedom that we have today. And while um, those that would oppose this type of thinking, you know, BLM or what have you, would say, "Well, freedom for who? You know, who's who's who has America really been good for?" I think um, if people are really honest and they look at this culture and the opportunities that are allowed for all people, um, they would have to admit that the values, these founding principles really have been good for all. And it's not just for the limited few. It's not just for white, um, you know, middle class people. Um, many, many, many people have benefited from the the values that this culture, like you say, um, it is a special experiment, this country. And we've seen the benefits all the way through. And um, while there's always going to be those people who are oppressed um, in the sense that. They maybe don't have as many opportunities. That doesn't mean that those opportunities aren't there, and we can't help them get those opportunities for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think education plays such a key role, mm-hmm. um, because I think that's one area where many students, um, minority students especially, have not been given the opportunities that other kids have been given, even through our public school system. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really where I think the change needs to happen. Yeah. I would agree with you, yeah. Rebecca.
3: mm mm-hmm.
2: So um, in the beginning or at the beginning of the show, excuse me, we briefly touched on how America's institutions seek to identify persons on characteristics such as skin color, gender and sexual orientation. And I know we don't have very much time here, just a little over a couple of minutes, but can you take a few moments to discuss how they use equity
3: to push their agenda? I think the best way to explain that is to take a look at what it looks, what what it, how it plays out in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just give you a few examples. Mm-hmm. So, um, in the name of equity, third grade students, not very long ago in California, were asked to rank their privilege mm-hmm. and do a privilege walk. Yeah. Um, employees in professional development training are asked to participate in affinity groups, which are segregated Hmm. by race segregation yeah (laughs) um in our public school systems in particular here in minnesota um advanced classes gt programs are being eliminated Mm -hmm. in the name of equity Mm. um uh, we just started uh, with Fair, a, a fair in the arts professional network artists are being granted or denied grants based upon their skin color and whether or not they have they sense. offer the accepted DEI statement. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think um I think you need to look at how from a practical standpoint it's playing out.
1: Mm-hmm. The removal of opportunity to usher in equal outcome. Correct. As we That's talked right. About earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Um, go ahead, Mark. We, well, we, we really about, don't have... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we'll,
1: we'll pick this up next week. I weekend. think that's, that's a good that
2: idea. Well? Yes. Yeah. We have so much more that we want to talk with you about, Lori. And for our listeners, we are going to be um, having Lori back again next week where we're going to continue this conversation. And it is an important and timely conversation, just as Mark has pointed out. And Lori, you are very knowledgeable about this topic. You're very well-spoken. I'm
1: very passionate.
2: Yes, I'm very passionate. We're so happy to have you on the show with us tonight. And to our listeners, we would like you to check out our podcast at savetheclassroom.com savetheclassroom.com and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. and you can watch the fair or you can follow the fair organization at fair fairforall.org. All right, thank you. Good night.